This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thanks so much for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on the Blaze Radio Network. Cam Edwards with you uh, by the fire pit, but not by the fire just quite yet. On a Wednesday summer evening, you might be able to hear the birds chirping in the background. If we're lucky, we'll hear a, a whippoorwill. There was one down by the garden the other night. I was trying to just get the uh, the video of the sound, and as soon as I got close enough, it flew off, unfortunately. Uh, but it has been a very noisy week here on the farm. We'll uh, get to that in a couple of minutes. Uh, we also, I want to thank you uh, ahead of time. We've got a lot of emails uh, and hearing from a lot of uh, not necessarily new listeners, although we are hearing from new listeners, and it's fantastic uh, that uh, folks are still tuning into the podcast each and every week. Uh, but we've got some folks who have been listening for a while who've uh, never chimed in before. Uh, I'll get to one email uh, later in the show, but uh, my, my favorite comment of the week was uh, uh, someone wrote in and said, I, I didn't realize that you were serious about wanting to hear from us. Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm really serious about that. I, I love to hear uh, from you and I like to hear what it is that you're doing uh, with your little part of the earth that uh, that you're trying to turn into something special. I, I, I can't get enough of those stories, whether it's a backyard garden, uh, whether it's a farm. Uh, I, I just I love to hear what everybody's doing, even if it makes me feel a little bit bad about what I'm not doing. <laughs> I still like to hear it. Uh, and, look, we are making progress. Uh, I admit, we have been hobbled. Ms. E has been uh, unable to work outside. It's driving her crazy, by the way. She's uh, she's getting understandably a little cranky about it. Uh, I am doing what I can outside of job and family, uh, which doesn't leave a whole heck of a lot of time. But the, the good news is the we still have some beats uh, that are still coming up. Uh, now our friends just pulled up ten pounds of beets. I don't if we get five pounds, uh, maybe total. I, I, I don't know. Maybe we'll get ten pounds total. But uh, they're having a bumper beet crop. I can't say that we're having a bumper crop of anything right now. Carrots are doing okay. Uh, cucumbers were dicey, no pun intended, uh, when we first transplanted them. But uh, most of them actually seem to be recovering well now. So that's good news. The uh, the beans that are in the ground are going great guns. Those are fantastic. The uh, uh, peppers are doing okay. They go in this weekend. Uh, tomatoes are doing meh. Since I've been talking about putting the tomato plants in the ground for well over a month now, that's perhaps understandable that the tomatoes are doing kind of meh. They're also going in the ground this weekend. Uh, and the the patch of uh, ground that we had moved the hogs to so that they could clear out, and that could be our garden space. Yeah, so we moved the hogs again about a month or so ago. That that spots totally greened up now again uh what we found out though is that it really was too rocky of a a soil you get down just a couple of inches and you start coming into the 
sort of a silica uh, and a lot. There's there's there are a lot of like big boulders, everything from uh, quartz to I don't know other kind of big boulder stuff. I believe that's the scientific term for it. Uh, anyway, we have got a lot of rocks there and uh, not the best spot for a garden, as it turns out. So. So we're going to uh, roll the dice, since the tomato plants are kind of dicey right now anyway, and uh, we're going to put them back in the garden in a different spot where we didn't have tomatoes last year. Hopefully we don't get blight at this point. Hopefully we get some tomatoes. Uh, but the good news is, as, as perhaps uh, as, as behind as we are on the veggies, on the animal side of things, I think we're doing quite well right now. Uh, chickens have been mostly on lockdown because of the predators. Uh, we haven't seen anything around as of late. In fact, uh, tonight, right before we started recording the podcast, we uh, we let the chickens out. They were wandering around the yard uh, for about an hour or so since I'm out. It, it's I figure it's safe. Um, so the, the chickens are doing great, uh, getting more eggs than we can eat. We uh, uh, Missy made deviled eggs this weekend. She uh, our, our uh, oldest son in the house, the 15 year old had a sleepover with three friends this week. And, uh, she made breakfast, 14 eggs got used up. We still was able to make a, uh, use a dozen eggs for deviled eggs. And then I think we still have like 18 eggs. It's ridiculous right now. The chickens are doing uh, a great job for us. The goats are doing a great job for us. At least our, uh, half sane and, is doing fantastic with her milking. We are getting almost a gallon a day just out of her. Now, the the other one, uh, Fern, this is her first go-round. We're only getting about a cup uh, out of Fern right now, so kind of on the fence about whether or not to uh, just stop milking her. I have a feeling we will since uh, we're just not getting you know, as, as much out of her as we need to. So uh, the goats are doing great. Everybody's uh, having a good time uh, in their uh, pasture. We're probably going to actually move them to a place where there is even more green grass and more trees to nibble on. Goats are really, really good about getting rid of these small trees that inevitably pop up uh, <laughs> around the yard uh, and where places where you don't really want little trees to start popping up. If you get them in there uh, fast enough, they will just destroy those things uh, until they are no more. It's fantastic. Uh, best lawnmowers that you could have. And not even lawnmowers. Best, like, bush hoggers that you could have. Uh, and speaking of the hogs, the uh, the two that are left are uh, love and life right now. It has been warm, but not too warm. They've got their wallow set up just the way they want it. Uh, and we make sure that there's water for them uh, to wallow around in and mud for them every day. And it's supposed to get into the mid-90s this weekend. So that will be uh, rather atrocious. But they also have a lot of shade. And we're actually getting ready to uh, to move them. They've been in their uh, pasture space for, like I said, about a month or so. Still a little bit of green left, but they are surrounded <laughs> right now by uh, lush green foliage. So uh, I think we're just going to expand the fence, move them out, give them some, uh, uh, some new pasture to root in and have a good time. So, uh, we're doing great with our animals. Now our neighbor's cows, on the other hand, that's, that's a different story. So on the last episode, 
uh, I talked about as I was heading up to Washington, D.C. for this Women Lead uh, a conference that the Independent Women's Forum put on. And by the way, it was, it was, it was a great time. Thank you to Julie Gunlock. Uh, I had a wonderful time with uh, Julie Kelly and with uh, Anne-Marie Burkle, who were the, uh, the other panelists, as we, as we talked about the culture of alarmism. It's a great time. But as I'm trying to leave to go up, there was a cow that had gotten loose uh, from our pasture that we let our neighbor use, and he was, she was uh, standing in our driveway smack dab in the middle of the driveway. Uh, eventually, she wandered off. Uh, she was, uh, I thought, uh, wrangled up and uh, dealt with, and, 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 and the issue was, was solved. That was not the case. So Friday uh, morning, I drive home from D.C. I go and I uh, get to Farmville and I do the show, and then I drive home uh, after work on Friday. And it's been a long couple of days, and I'm looking forward to uh, having a pizza, picked up a pizza, and then we were going to have pizza with the kids and watch a movie. And um, as I order the pizza, I notice there are now like eight cows standing, not in my driveway, but very near to my driveway, on the wrong side of the fence. And I said, okay, we got to, uh, so we got to, we got to do something about this. So we call the neighbor, the neighbor comes out. Uh, we're able to, after about uh, 10 minutes or so, uh, move the cows, get them all back into the pasture. Uh, we walk down, uh, trying to figure out where they're getting in. And we, we walk down at this point now, Missy's gone to get the pizza cause the pizza's getting cold. Uh, and we walk down to the back part of our property where there's a Creek and, uh, we notice, okay, this is where they're getting across. On the other side of the creek, they're getting across, and they're going into our property, and then they're coming back up. Okay, so this point is getting towards dark. Uh, a neighbor says, oh, I'll, I'll you know, get out there first thing in the morning and uh, pass that up. He says, I don't think they're going anywhere tonight. I said, okay. So bid him a, uh, a good night, and he goes off to get his pizza and hang out with uh, his grandkids. And uh, then about 15 minutes later, we look out of the window, and there are now 19 cows <laughs> that are in the pasture. Uh, so the, the cow problem was getting worse. So I had to call my neighbor up and say, hey, I'm sorry. I thought they were done too, but, but apparently they're not. They're, they're a little friskier than this. Um, nobody had eaten at this point. So uh, we, we eventually, again, we get the 19 cows after much uh, hurting, I have to tell you, like as someone who grew up in the suburbs and I still, you know, I don't raise cattle myself, so I don't really have a lot of experience with cows. I felt pretty proud of the fact that uh, I was able to uh, head off a cow, find the angle as it was, you know, trying to break away from the herd. And I was able to put myself in a position where the cow was like, oh, don't want to go there. Turned around. It was almost like playing linebacker. Uh, dropping back, I was never fast enough to play safety, but it was almost like playing linebacker, dropping back into coverage uh, in, in, in football, and you're just trying to, you know, stop that cow from going. It was, it was kind of fun, and, and we did it, so I felt pretty good about it. Uh, and then the next day, <laughs> the fence was patched. Anyway, I've not seen the cows uh, in the pasture, actually, since then. They've been moved off to a, another part of my neighbor's property, but they'll be back later at some point, and these cows, I'm telling you, they are smarter and sneakier than you would think. But you know what? They're still just as tasty. All right, we're going to take a quick time out. Stick around. There is more 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network coming up right after this. 
40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Cam Edwards with you. Uh, yeah, so I had to make the comment about cows still being tasty and delicious just because I know that somewhere, somewhere, some animal rights activist is going to be upset that I said, you know, cows are smart. Well, if they're smart, you can't eat them. Yeah, yeah, we can, actually, because uh, they're still, you know, cows and all. All right, so coming up, we're going to get to uh, some of your emails. It is a uh, beautiful summer evening here on the 40 Acres as uh, I record this tonight. The sun is now just dipped below the horizon. Here comes youngest daughter who says it's time for the fire. Is that what you're getting ready to ask? Time for the fire? Is that what you're getting ready to ask? Is it time for the fire? <laughs> It'll be time for the fire. Give me, uh, give me until I record this one segment, okay? And then we'll. Can, I hear? can you hear? Sure. You just have to pull up a. You have to pull up a chair. I tell you what. Pull up a chair and come close, and we'll talk about you fishing today on this segment because youngest daughter uh, and youngest son headed off to uh, 4-H camp today for the first time. Uh, I think they had a great time. Went to a state park in Virginia, went canoeing, uh, went swimming, went fishing. Uh, tomorrow they're off to another state park. They're uh, going to Richmond, I think, on Friday. So a very cool experience. Hey, here, come a little closer here. So the microphone can, uh, can, can pick things up. So you went canoeing for the first time today, right? Just uh, you're going to have to, oh, you know what? The microphone isn't quite set up to do this. So you just have to lean in right like that. So you went canoeing today. Yeah. And how was that? Um, it was fun. Did you fall in at all? No, but someone did, and we had to help them out. Yeah, they were yeah. okay? Yes, but they also fell in fish poop, and they smelled. <laughs> and the canoe smelled. The canoe smelled. They had to go take a shower. Really? Yeah. Ooh. And then you got a chance to, you didn't actually want to go swimming, so you went fishing this afternoon. Yes. And you liked it? Yeah, it was really fun. What was the, what was the best part? What did you like about it? When there was actually a fish trying to go after it. Right? All of a sudden it got exciting. I could see that there was this little thing out of the water and it jumped and it tried to get it. It was on it, but I didn't feel it. And one of the people said that, hey, there's a fish on your line. And I was like, I don't believe you because I just (laughs) threw it in. And I actually started to slowly pull it back and I saw the fish. But almost, right? Yeah, but I also didn't have a bobber at that time, oh. so I probably wouldn't have seen it. Yeah, that's tough, too. Well, I'm glad that you had a good time, and I'm glad that you liked that, because there are lots of good places to go fishing right around here. Yeah. So that would be fun. That would be a fun uh, thing for us to start being able to do on the weekend, especially when the weather's nice and, it's, you know, the fishing is, is good, mm-hmm. right? All right, so do you want me to keep going? 
You done talking? Yeah. Is this, is this, okay. Well, thank you for joining me <laughs> on this edition of 40 Acres and a Fool. You can sit and be my my fire pit audience. It's not really a studio, so you can't be my studio audience. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's no studio. It's just a campfire audience. Right. So I was talking uh, just a couple of minutes ago, just kind of giving everybody the weekly update about all how's everybody doing, the chickens and the goats and the hogs. And then uh, Miss E, mom, as you know her, um, Miss M, uh, she wanted me to be sure to let folks know uh, we were talking about sauerkraut a couple weeks ago. And Miss E gave a recipe for making your own sauerkraut. Uh, it's supposed to go 4 to 14 days. Today is day 7. And it's not, be really honest with you, uh, if you were using the recipe, it's not very sauerkrauty uh, for us. It's still very much just cabbage with a slight little, you know, zing to it. So uh, it is still uh, fermenting. We'll let you know as it gets closer to the uh, 14 days or so. I also tried our Monterey Jack, which had been aged for a month. And again, that's on the low end of when you can uh, uh, consider it to be aged enough to eat. I don't know. It it, it it wasn't. Monterey Jack is supposed to be soft and creamy, and this was kind of hard and dry and crumbly so i don't think it's going to get softer and creamier over time i think it's probably just going to get worse but we threw it back in the fridge we'll see what happens but uh i think the aged cheese experience uh, experiments uh so far have not come to fruition we've not been able to get the aged cheese down uh missy and chevra missy and fresh mozzarella oh yeah aging the cheese not not so much all right, I tell you what we're going to do. I'm going to take a quick time out because it's getting dark now. And youngest daughter is looking at me intently like, you promised a fire, Dad. Where's the fire? So we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to break out the flamethrower. And uh, youngest daughter, why don't you go get some s'more fixins? Yes. And we will be back with more 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network coming up right after this. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards. On the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. Facebook is bad and Twitter is bad because they're not letting us say everything we want to say. We've got a code of conduct with the European Union and illegal hate speech. We can't have it and we're going to take it away. Huh, free speech, code of conduct. I wonder how that could happen. You know what I mean. The Jeff Fisher Show, Saturday morning, 6 to 8 Eastern, on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards returns now on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back here on 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Cam Edwards with you. You can hear the snap and crackle of the fire. You cannot smell the roasty, toasty marshmallow, and you cannot taste the delicious s'more, unfortunately, but uh, at least you can hear the fire. Um, So because we had uh, so many folks email this week, I wanted to take a couple of segments, so I made sure that we uh, had time to uh, hear from folks. Uh, Loretta wrote in, said, uh, first of all, I hope that Miss E's feeling better with the extra business of gardening kicking off. This is a particularly miserable time of year 
to be sick. Hopefully she's 110% soonest. Not quite there yet, Loretta, but uh, she's she's she actually is finally feeling better. There was about a week and a half where she just was not feeling good at all. Now she's starting to feel better. Now the trick is to make sure she doesn't overdo it, right? Um, Loretta says, I'm a relative newcomer to the podcast. I've been listening only for a couple of months, and with the proliferation of podcasts out there on every subject under the sun, I confess that I have not gone back and listened from the beginning, but maybe I should because I did not understand until listening to the last two that, one, you were thinking of any of the podcasts, please don't, and two, that you genuinely wanted emails from us listeners. See, I told you I heard that. So here you go. Loretta says, my husband and I bought our 60-acre farm in Cumberland County, New Jersey in 2002. We closed on it one day after the one-year anniversary of 9-11. The sellers wanted to close on the actual anniversary, Loretta says, but that just didn't seem right to us. Primarily, we bought the farm to run a horse boarding and training business. That expanded to a bit of breeding two years ago. We currently have nine horses on the property, four of which belong to others, and that does provide sufficient financial support for the maintenance of our own five. Of the 60 acres, 12 are wooded, and the rest either hayfield or pasture. Now, this is where it gets cool, er, because it's already pretty cool that you've got a 60-acre farm and you're raising horses. Loretta says, we back up to a wildlife conservation area of about 22,000 acres. Wow. That's pretty cool, Loretta. In New Jersey, a lot of people don't think that there are 22,000 acres to back up to in New Jersey of uh, undeveloped land. Loretta says, this is nice, except at the beginning of shotgun deer season when the local gun clubs engage in deer drives without regard to property lines, but that's another story. I'm sorry to hear that that takes place, Loretta. Loretta says, we have a fairly extensive haymaking operation and produce 50 to 60 tons of orchard grass and fescue mix every year in classic small squares. No easy round bales for us. We sell about half of that. We also have a cell phone tower on the property. And although it was not true until quite recently, because the rent was quite low when we first moved in, the monthly rent now actually does pay the mortgage. You know, I've I've heard that. And honestly, we don't have any cell towers around us, but... uh, with with only 40 acres, I'm just not willing to, to give it up. And plus, we don't have a, a ton of high land. We actually kind of dip down uh, towards a creek. So I'm not sure that we'd be in a good spot for that. But good for you. Uh, Loretta says the farm is a mature orchard of about two dozen apple, pear, plum, and sour cherry trees. We've added asparagus beds, hops, because we like to make our own beer, strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, highbush cranberries, and grapes, all fairly successfully. We do two large gardens every year. I have about 40 tomato plants, 30 pepper plants this year, together with plenty of basil. Loretta says, I plant quite a bit of garlic every fall, and that's about ready to pull up now, which frees up more space for cucumbers and later winter squash, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, and etc. later in the summer. The canning and drying operations will commence in mid to late July, continue till October. She says, now this gets tricky if I have to travel for my real job. Loretta is an attorney with her own practice as well. Holy cow, Loretta. But somehow, she says, we always manage to get everything done. Okay, almost everything. All right, I'm glad you said that almost stuff because it seems like on the to-do list, there's always like one or two things that don't get done every week. Loretta says, two podcasts ago, Miss E was lamenting about the endless task of weeding. In case you've never seen or heard of one, I've attached a photo of one of my favorite garden essential tools, My dad called it a shuffle hoe, but when I went shopping for one, I found it being called a scuffle hoe. Regardless, she says, it is a pretty handy piece of equipment for quickly dealing with light weed problems, and like most gardening tasks, it's a lot easier to keep up than it is to catch up. Yeah, absolutely. Loretta says, please keep up the podcast, you guys. We are out here, and we love it. All the best from Loretta in Wind Whistle Farm in Cumberland County, New Jersey. Well, Loretta, listen, thank you, first of all, for writing in and uh, sharing your experience 
Uh, you've been doing this now for, imagine that, I mean, almost 14 years, and it sounds like you have learned a lot. I'm curious to know what your uh, expertise was and your, your, your confidence level going in back in 2002. Did you grow up uh, around horses? Did you grow up in a farm environment? Was it something that you were, were comfortable with, or was this something new and different for you? Because i got to say, it sounds like you're doing an amazing job. So uh, I might be hitting you up with some uh, some questions and uh, asking you for advice here before long. Now, also, uh, Robin wrote in and said uh, he's got a recommendation for uh, a local uh, company that does bee extractions. I mentioned in the last podcast that in the old cabin, it looks like we've got some bees living in the chimney. Uh, Robin says these folks do extractions. I don't know what they charge. Um Robin also says, love the podcast. Got to go bury three victims of distracting, uh, distracted farming. Celebrating your baby's graduation is no excuse for not locking up the hen house. Foxes, he says, I'm convinced. Count the cars in your driveway. They know a sudden surplus of cars means a party for everyone. Yeah, that stinks, Robin. I'm sorry, man. But uh, hopefully, uh, you know, and, and the, like we've we've not had problem with foxes getting into the coop but we have had problems with possums getting into the coop and we didn't lock up the coop and you're right like there's just nothing i understand sometimes nature is going to do its thing and i understand that uh, predators have to eat i understand all of those things but when you take steps again to safeguard your animals and it's and then you forget you do something and something bad happens yeah that's a crummy feeling i'm sorry but congratulations on your uh, daughter's graduation that is fantastic now, also uh, writing in about bees uh, for the uh, – f- not the first time, actually, that we've heard from uh, Jim. Uh, Jim and Carol have written in before, but uh, Jim wrote in. Uh, he said um, that he is a uh, the dangerous animal response team firearms instructor that I referenced a while ago on the podcast. Um, he's also a senior park ranger, third in command of the ranger department at the Phoenix Zoo, which is pretty cool, Jim. Uh, Jim says, I've been dealing with our Africanized bee friends for years, saving the zoo thousands over what a pest control company will charge for a bee removal. Jim says, if your bees have been there for a while, then you're dealing with a hive, which depending on the variety you may be dealing with, they can be aggressive. Yeah, so far the bees haven't bothered me. I haven't bothered the bees much, but that doesn't mean uh, anything, Jim. I I, I understand. Uh, I do think that there probably is a hive there just because of the amount of location, the, the amount of activity that I'm seeing uh, going in and out of the cracks in this, you know, old crumbly. I mean, this cabin was built uh, before the Civil War. It's pre-Civil War. We know that. And it's, you know, the chimney's just, you know, chinked old mortar that's fallen apart and field stone. So uh, the bees, I think, are having a field day in there. Jim says, we have a couple of different methods depending on whether we're trying to move the bees or just destroy the hive. Uh, He says, from your description, moving them would probably be very difficult. Killing them, he said, can be achieved a few different ways. You can spray them from a garden pump sprayer with soap water, just dish soap, mixed pretty foamy. Spray the bees directly and they'll die as they fall to the ground. It's literally that fast. They breathe through their skin and the soap coats the surface and they're done. He says, we also use a chemical spray called Bengal Roach Gold. Uh, Bengal is the company has a tiger above the name on the can. The active ingredient is permethrin. was okay to use by the zoo's vet staff. It doesn't take much. Spray it into the area where the bees are located. But it will create, Jim says, a much different reaction. It'll kill fairly quickly. But as an irritant to the bees, they buzz up, his term. They get very frantic and they're flying around. They'll die shortly, but they can still sing in the meantime. Uh, he also says, uh, you might consider a hot shot, no pest cage thingy. He says that's the technical term for it. It's a small plastic cage looking holder that contains a five to six inch strip of a gelatin that'll evaporate away over time. If you just open the foil package it comes in, 
uh, send a two to three inch screw through the cage and into the surface near their entrance hole within inches. The chemical on the strip inside the cage is bad news for bees. That may also help, he says, in regard to your carpenter bees. Yeah, the uh, the carpenter bees. Uh, I, I don't. I, I have not seen as many of them. That doesn't mean. I know it doesn't mean they've decided to move on. Uh, I just don't know if it means that they are getting savvy. They they understand that. Uh, there are certain times today when there's a guy around with a tennis racket that likes to uh, swat him to the ground, and so they're they're changing up their their patterns. But I have not seen a lot of uh, carpenter bees around lately. Uh, now, uh, in the back to the email here, uh, Jim says that he was known as the Bee Whisperer uh, once upon a time. Uh, he says uh, the an older ranger that was in the department a long time ago is no longer around, but the nickname stuck, and I get calls even when I'm on vacation uh, just to be consulted on what I would do. And uh, Jim also says, on a side note, my parents still live back in Marlow, Oklahoma. We try to go back and help them out during the fall each year. They live on five acres about five miles south of town. My dad was a mechanical engineer for Halliburton, he writes, for over 25 years, and now during his retirement, tinkers with a 53 uh, Kenworth Semi. He goes to antique truck shows and steam engine shows with all sorts of items from long ago that he's restored to working. That is really cool. He uh, also started creating what he called Goonie Birds, general bird representations made from all sorts of farm-related implements. That is really cool, Jim. He says, uh, we really hope to be back there someday. I can tell you stories about going over about a half acre of potatoes on my hands and knees, picking off potato bugs into a baby food jar, a uh, part filled with kerosene. What fun times, says Jim. Yeah, he says, my parents are both up there, and gardening isn't much a thing for my dad anymore, but I have a photo of a wall of baby food jars with seeds from various plants that he was growing back in the day. He said, we also raised chickens when I was growing up. My dad sold eggs at Halliburton to the drafting department, women at 50 cents a dozen. After about four years of egg sales, he bought a slate pool table that they still have. He got it from a pool shop in Oklahoma City, and he put it together himself. That is really, really cool. Jim says the chickens were one of my chores each day, getting home from school on the bus. I'd collect the eggs. I'd go and wash them. I'd put them in the cartons and in an old fridge that Dad had in the shop. He said we'd get about 26 to 30 eggs every day. We sure never purchased eggs back then. And the variety of chickens led to a number of eggshell colors. He said, the women that purchased them at Halliburton liked the colored eggs. They would say the green ones just taste better. Can I get all green? People are funny, he says. They they are. I don't, yeah, I can't tell the difference, but I will say, Jim, it is cool because, you know, we, we keep our eggs out on the counter. Uh, we don't refrigerate our eggs because we, we eat them fast enough that we don't need to refrigerate them. And uh, you open up, you know, the carton, and it's it's neat seeing eggs that are different sizes and different colors and you, we've got, you know, a green one or two in there. And they're not all just these uniform white eggs. It's 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 cool that they're different as opposed to just that sort of bland uh, uniformity. Because you know that, you know, in, again, in nature, you get those different varieties. But uh, I appreciate you writing in, Jim. It is good to hear from you again. And thank you for the advice on the bees. I hope that uh, your parents... Uh, have a great growing season there in Marlow, Oklahoma, and I hope that we hear from you again soon. Now, we've got some more emails to get to, but we're going to step away for one more, well, it's a break technically, but it's also a chance for me to eat a s'more. So uh, we'll be back here on 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network right after this quick s'more timeout. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.
Sexton. As I point out to everybody, and no one can disagree with this, really, you know, you don't really know how someone's going to be president until they become president. And with Hillary, I think that we, if you look back at the record and what she believes and what she's really said when she was free to say it, you have a far left progressive running. And I still, this is why I still think that it's essential for there to be GOP unity to defeat her. Buck Sexton. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back here on 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Mmm, yummy. That was delicious. Still have a little marshmallow in my mustache right now. Uh, So I want to get to more of your emails. The email address, I realize I have been talking a lot about emails, and then I haven't said the email address all week uh, or all the episode. It is 40acrefool at gmail.com, 40acrefool at gmail.com. Jack, right in from the Tidewater area of Virginia, wishing Miss E a uh, turn for the better in terms of her health. And uh, thankfully, Jack, again, I'm uh, able to report she is feeling better, but I thank you so much for your kind wishes. Uh, Jack also sent in pictures of his current garden progress from the uh, Tidewater area of Virginia. He said the uh, potatoes right now about three feet tall, doing well, very little bug pressure. Jack says, I grow everything naturally, no synthetic pesticides or fertilizers. He says, I'm not interested in USDA organic certification, though. Now, you know, that's the thing. I I think when you get into that, there's all kinds of ways to sort of, uh, I don't want to say game the system, but, uh, you know, to to meet the letter of the law and not necessarily uh, do what folks, you know, what what most folks would consider to be, quote unquote, uh, organic. Uh, Jack says the uh, peanuts are planted, green beans, yellow beans, sweet corn growing. He has 500, 500 Beauregard sweet potato plants growing in flats. Planning to transplant them later this week, he said. Uh, also, he says need to plant more rows of sweet corn this week. If the growing conditions stay good, I am planning on registering on localharvest.org to see if I can get some U-Pick customers. Hey, Jack, good for you, man. That sounds fantastic. I'm glad that you're having a good summer so far. I hope that the uh, weather continues to cooperate with you. We've had a little uh, little wet weather in the uh, state of Virginia this spring so far, but uh, last couple of weeks it's been pretty nice, and I hope that uh, it stays that way for you. Also, Corey, writing in, says, uh, Dear Cam and Missy, I've been listening to the podcast since the very beginning. I enjoy it very much. Please tell Missy I hope that she has a speedy recovery and that I'm, I'm praying for her, and I will. And thank you, Corey. Corey says, My wife and I recently bought my grandparents' farm in North Alabama. How cool is that to get a chance to, to to keep something in the family? Man, that's awesome, Corey. Corey says it's a 30-acre cattle farm that has been in our family for three generations now, four counting my children. Obviously, owning a farm comes with its fair share of responsibilities, but it is truly a blessing to raise your family in such a great atmosphere. He says our farm, again, basically a cattle farm, but we do have a 12 to 15 tree pecan orchard or pecan, I suppose, depending on the uh, part of the country that you're in. Uh, two ponds. I'm already jealous, Corey. And a garden spot. He says next season we plan on planting a small peach and apple orchard. He says we've got eight baby chickens that we're brooding right now. They're about two and a half weeks old, growing like crazy. Two buff Orpingtons, three Plymouth Bard Rocks, and uh, three Wellsomers. Corey says, thanks again for all that you do with the podcast. It's nice to hear from someone else that works full-time and tries to keep up a small farm. Keep up the good work. Well, Corey, you too, sir. And uh, I'm glad to know that I'm, you know, again, most folks out there, that's the thing. Uh, most folks who, who have a small farm, and these are individuals who are actually selling, right? Um, I think it's like 90% of them have 
off-farm income that they rely on uh, for their paychecks. The number of, I don't even, I don't know what the right term for it is, homesteaders, uh, but the number of folks who are just trying to grow their own, right? As much as they can, it's not 100%, but they're, they're doing what they can. Uh, I'd venture to guess that uh, the, the amount of those folks with uh, uh, off-farm income is probably close to 100% in order to pay the bills. Uh, unless, of course, you put a cell tower on your property, which I'm now considering, um, thanks to Loretta. So I, I'm glad to hear from you, Corey. And I think there are a lot of folks in the same boat. And, you know, again, it's you, 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 your job is important. I love what I do with NRA News, Cam and Company. I, I, I am so lucky and blessed to get up and go to work every day to a job that I enjoy and a job that I love. Um, and, and I get to come home to a family that I love and, and a spot that I love. Uh, and it is trying to strike that balance, right? And especially, I'll tell you what, like last year, this time of year, uh, we had just finished our book deadline for uh, heavy lifting, grow up, get a job, start a family, and other manly advice, which, by the way, if you uh, need a belated Father's Day present, I'd say, yeah, that's a good one for you. Um, but we started writing that in January, and we, we had a June deadline. So, you know, the first six months of the year, first three months was fine because it was winter. There's not much going on. But then, you know, springtime comes around, and I just felt like I wasn't able to, to do anything and to contribute as much because I was I had to write all this stuff. And, and I don't have that uh, pressure this year, which is which is nice. But I also, you know, because of just all kinds of other crazy stuff um, – feel like, again, I'm just one step behind. I don't know if that ever goes away. And I'm curious, Loretta or uh, anybody else out there who's been doing this for more than a decade, does that feeling ever go away where you're just like one step behind and you want to catch up? Or is that just part of part of what it is to uh, own a farm and to try to keep up with everything while you are working your day job and uh, raising a family? I, I'm very curious. That's the question of the week for you. Do you ever get to feel caught up? All right. I tell you what, the sun is sinking low. In fact, it's gone. The fireflies are starting to appear. I was really hoping we'd hear a whippoorwill on this episode, but Mr. Whippoorwill's staying away. And oddly enough, the frogs that have been hanging out near the uh, near the above ground pool, nah, they're not they're not croaking tonight. We've so like last week, I noticed about five frogs hanging out around the pool, and now. I think you counted, youngest daughter, you counted like 16 a while ago, yeah. frogs hanging out around the pool. So the uh, it's, it's, it's becoming a very popular uh, vacation spot for all of the frogs in the uh, five-county area, uh, our above-ground pool. Yay. But but tonight they, they, they have somewhere else to be. I don't know. Maybe they're in our neighbor's pool. Who knows? And we, I think the neighbor's pool actually fell. But well, even even better because there's still, I think, some water there at the uh, bottom. Uh, all right, we are going to say good night uh, for at least this episode, but we'll be back. I promise you, we'll be back with another episode next week. In the meantime, thanks so much for being a part of this edition of Forty Acres and a Fool. Till we talk again, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot. We'll talk to you here soon with another episode of Forty Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. This is 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.